It's not your standard. It's not my standard. It's God's standard. And so if it is God's standard, then we need help so that we'll know how to live out the golden rule. And he says, this is, according to God, the standard by which I am calling you to live out as you come and go among people. This is how God says you are to treat one another. And God sees to it that when you are in need, he will whisper in one of his children's ears. Are you a good person? Besides you, who agrees with your answer? What instrument or tool are you using to measure the goodness that you say is within you? Is it because you do what others do not? Or is it you do not do what others do? How do you come up with the answer that you're a good person? To answer this question, Let's imagine that we are children sitting at our desk in an elementary school. The teacher says, today we're going to practice drawing. And I first want you to take your pencil and draw a straight line down the center of your paper. At that moment, the principal sticks her head inside of the door and the teacher has to excuse herself just for a moment. We begin drawing the straight line and a few of us start to compare our lines with each other. My line is straighter than yours. Uh-uh, no it ain't. My line is straighter than yours. In a few moments, the entire class is doing this. And then the teacher, she walks in this type of environment and she pulls out a ruler and she places that ruler on each of our papers and she draws a straight line with the ruler. She does it on your paper, she does it on mine. And we quickly discover that what we thought was a straight line 
wasn't straight at all. We all have crooked lines. Likewise, this is the intended effect of the golden rule in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. This phrase, the golden rule, is perhaps one of the most popular phrases across religions. The golden rule can be interpreted as a ruler measuring 12 inches or so. But in England, it is not the same. In England, a ruler is not called a ruler, but it's called a straight edge. And so if we were to use the expression, the golden rule, according to England's interpretation of ruler, we could say the golden rule is God's straight edge by which he measures all human lines of character, morals, and ethics. And when God uses his standard... All human lines of character are crooked. All human lines of morals are crooked. All human lines of ethics come up short. But then I'm reading your expression through your mask, and you said, Pastor, come on now. We can't be that bad. Well, According to the word of God, for by works of the law, no human being will be justified by their own, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If you say you have no sin, you you make God a liar. And yet, Jesus says to us that we are to live out the golden rule. We are to obey the golden rule. We are to carry out the golden rule. How do we do it? How do we live it out? How do we obey it? So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and 
the prophets. <laughs> how, how do we do this? How do we live it out? This is not a suggestion of God. This is not uh, a recommendation of God. But Jesus is talking to us that, that this is the way we ought to live. A few years ago, I uh, had an eye examination. And my optometrist, he placed my face in this large metal contraption. And he tells me to look at the single red dot that is on the white wall. And he's asking me the same question over and over again. And he's using different lens. I know what he's up to. He's trying to see. if I can recognize the letters on the wall. But I also discovered that it's really not one single red dot, it's two. He's slowly separating them. And he's pulling them apart, and he's trying to see how far can he pull them apart until it causes my eyes to strain. He's doing this so he'll know what type of lens I need so that I would be able to see more clearly. The only way you'll know What it means to carry out the golden rule is God has to show it to you. You can't see it. I can't see it. You and I cannot see it as God sees it. And this golden rule, again, it speaks of God's standard. It's not your standard. It's not my standard. It's God's standard. And so if it is God's standard, then we need help so that we'll know how to live out the golden rule. We'll know what it means to live as individuals who are obeying the golden rule because all God's children want to obey their father. You should have said amen right there. All of us want to live lives that represent our relationship with God. We want the glory of God to be on display in our lives. It's our heart's desire to be light and to be salt and to draw others not to ourselves, but, but for them to be drawn to the God that is within us. That's our heart's desire. 
So, 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 so you can't boast and brag. I cannot boast and brag that our lives are examples of what it means to be sons and daughters of God. You can't do it on your own. And I cannot do it on my own. And so Jesus steps in and he says, you don't have to guess. You don't have to imagine. Jesus says, I will tell you what I am talking about when I talk about the golden rule. <laughs> and, and he says, now let your mind go back to the very introduction of the Sermon on the Mount. And he says, I gave you characteristics of individuals who are living, who have a mindset and who, whose lives mirror uh, the kingdom DNA. And so Jesus, he begins to tell us, this is, uh, according to God, th this is what God is asking of you, that, that you be merciful, th that you be meek, that you be poor in spirit. That you be pure in heart. That you be peacemakers. And, and, and he goes down the list of the Beatitudes. And he says, this is, according to God, the standard by which I am calling you to live out as you come and go among people. This is how God says you are to treat one another. It, 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 is, it, is, it, is, it is what happens when God is within us new life emerges and from the very presence of God and the day to day work of the Holy Ghost in us God begins to live his perfect will and his perfect plan for our lives in us and that others will see him on display in us it will not be about what we are doing, but it will be more about what he is doing, and others will see him moving powerfully in our lives. And so we ask this question, what is it? And Jesus says, it is to be meek. It is to be peacemakers. Is to be pure at heart, is to be poor in spirit. He says, This is what God is calling for. Now, I don't know what you got to work on, but I know what I got to work on. And, and, and I mean, it, 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 I mean, it happens so easily sometimes. A couple, couple of weeks ago, 
uh, we were getting ready to have lunch at um, Harvey's. And I went in there, and, and I was standing at the desk. Now, I'm not a big man, but I'm not a midget either. I, I'm standing at the desk. And, and there's this person at the desk. And I, and I took my glasses off to see if my glasses saw me. I knew I was standing there. And I'm standing there. And, and this person, and I say, and, and, and so I said, so you all no longer say, sir? Have anyone helped you? How can I assist? I said, you all don't do that anymore? And, 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 and I wasn't smiling when I said it. And, and, and this person immediately goes and gets somebody else. And, and they come up and they, they begin to apologize and go on and on. And as they're apologizing, I, it, it dawned on me that that is not how Jesus would have handled that situation. And, and I said, would you, would you please bring that other person to the counter? I, I, need, I really need to apologize for how I came across. And I discovered that that was that, that, was that person's very first day on the job. You see how it can just slip up on you? And here I am calling myself a preacher. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't have a suit on. But when you think about how you treat people, how, how it comes across, sometimes it's not what we say, but it's how we say it. And it's our facial expressions. So what is Jesus talking about here? Where he begins with the Beatitudes. And, and we've been with this Sermon on the Mount. I mean, it, it's a tall order. But it's, it's talking about the attitudes, the, the thought patterns, the ethics of individuals who are citizens of God's kingdom. We are kingdom kids. And, and this is the way we are to carry out ourselves and to conduct ourselves. That's, if we're going to carry this out, we need to first figure out exactly what is it that God is calling for. It's not what you're calling for. It's not what I'm calling for. It's what God is calling for. And then we go down this list of the Beatitudes just at the beginning. Am I a peacemaker? You got to deal with that if you're not a peacemaker. If you're not meek, you got to deal with that. If you're not poor in spirit, you got to deal with that. Because Jesus begins with blessed are. That's God's take on 
individuals who are mourners, who are meek, who are poor in spirit, poor in heart, and on down the line. But then Jesus says, and, 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 and again, he, he says, what, whatever. That, that, that's the quantity. I mean, he, he's talking about whatever. When someone asks you in a restaurant, can I help you? That's whatever. It, it's whatever. How you answer your phone, how you respond to people, how you look at people. It, it's whatever. <laughs> but then he goes on. We, we ask that question, well, what is God talking about? Well, according to Jesus, here is the standard. It is, it, this is the, the life. This is the behavior. This is how God calls us to respond to each other. That, 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 that keeps us all on the same playing field. It's not, it's not what you think, and it's not what I think. It's what God says. But, but then we move from that. Now we have a sense of what, what, what he is talking about with this golden rule. We can just start with the Beatitudes and just go on down the line. But then there's a second question we have to ask. Based upon how God says we ought to treat each other, then we have to ask the question, is that the way I want to be treated? Because we got the issue is we, if we don't want to be treated the way God says we should be treated, maybe we want to be treated better than that. Is there a sense of entitlement perhaps in us? Do we think it's possible to have a better life than the life that God intends for us to have? We don't think we should be held accountable because we Christians. Or, or is, this, is, this, is this how we want others to, to treat us? You study the history of ethics and you would discover that this particular statement, the golden rule, what it has been called the golden rule, was, was, was said by Jesus first, but others said it, they just said it differently. They, they said it in reverse order. You take Hillel, the renowned Jewish rabbi, he said, whatever thou hatest, do not do to others. And then you read the book of Tibet, which was composed in third, third century B.C. There these words are saying, anything thou hatest, that do to no man. The point here is that when these individuals stated the golden rule, they did it negatively. And, and when it comes to people telling us what to do, 
Come on now. We, we really, come on, we, we, we really don't like people telling us what to do. We don't do well with do not statements. Think about when mama them told us now, don't you? And, and, and it, it was just some in us that the more you tell me not to do something, I'm going to wonder why you don't want me to do it. And the very thing you tell me not to do, that's what I might push the envelope. I might. We don't do well with people telling us what not to do. And, and it, it, it's amazing that, that Jesus simply reverses the order and it has profound impact. But let me give you some examples of, 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 of what type of behavior we're teaching when we begin with the negative. If, if we begin with something like, uh, if you do not want to be robbed by others, do not rob others. If you do not want to be cursed out by others, do not curse out others. If you do not want to be clubbed over the head, do not club others over the head. It's, it's a lot of do not in there. And we don't do well. It, it, think about this. It goes, it goes against our human nature. You tell a child not to eat a cookie that's on the table, the child is going to want to eat the cookie. You go out of the room and stand at the door and watch that child and watch that child's behavior. That child is going to push the envelope. It's something in us. The more you tell us what not to do, we, need, we, we, we don't take your word that, that fire is hot. We want to see for ourselves. But, but Jesus reverses the order. Jesus states it positively. And here's what he is teaching. It sounds something like this. If you enjoy being loved by others, love others. If you would like to be appreciated by others, appreciate others. If you would like to receive things from others, give to others. If you want to be befriended by others, befriend others. If you want to be encouraged by others, encourage others. Now, now what is Jesus saying? Is Jesus, is Jesus teaching that, that you and I should have this mindset, a tit for tat? That we give to get. And that every time we give, there's a guarantee that we're going to receive. No, he's not saying that. 
What Jesus is literally saying is that we respond to people this way because this is a clear manifestation that God is having his way in our lives. And when God is having his way in our lives, this is the way we naturally treat other people. It's just what we do. And God sees to it that when you are in need, he will whisper in one of his children's ear and he will send them to you. You don't have to go down the list of people you've ministered to. You don't have to go down your list of contacts and call the people said, I need that hundred back that I gave you. No, 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 no. God will respond to you in your time of need. You see, you and I, you and I, we could never love or be loved if we don't first love God with all our heart all our mind and all our soul. That's what Jesus was up to when, when he says, when he says, I give you a new commandment that you love one another as I have loved you and by this all people will know you are my disciples. And, and, and here is, is why we have to remember that we are to submit and to surrender to scripture daily such that this behavior, these ethics, these morals of God might show themselves within us. And the more we submit and surrender to scripture, it increases our desire to be known as God's people. That's why Paul would say these words, I beg you, sisters and brothers, that by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Certain passages of scripture that you and I have to surrender to and submit to on a daily basis, reminding us that what God is calling of us, what he is saying to us. So if we're going to carry this out, we've got to remember now whose standard it is. It's not yours. You, I know you're a good person. You know I'm a good person, but that, that's not the standard. It's God's standard. It's, it's his straight edge. And all of us are being measured by the same standard. And so Jesus gives us examples by beginning with the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. And he goes on from there. That gives us a sense of what it looks like from the inside out and even from the outside in. But then we, we 
ask that second question, is, is this the way we want to be treated? And, and, and then we, we raise that question because, because it, I mean, we can't hang with everybody. And everybody can't hang with us. I mean, our, our code of ethics is, is not according to the world. Our standard of living is not, is not what everybody else says it is. So then we got to ask this question. Is that, is, do, do I want to be treated the way God wants people to treat me? You got to answer that question. I got to answer that question. Or, or do I think in some way there's a better way for people to treat me other than the way God wants them to treat me? You got to answer that question. I have to answer that question. But then there's one other question. How am I treating other people? I got to answer that question. How, how am I treating other people? I, I, know, I know what God is calling for. I, I know that. Jesus has given us examples. I, 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 I hear what God says in terms of how he wants people to treat me. I got to answer that question. Do I, do I want people to treat me that way? And then I got to ask this question. Am I treating people the way God wants people to be treated? Um, so whatever, whatever you wish others, that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Throughout the Old Testament, throughout the Gospels, throughout the letters, there's a certain ethic on display. And, and that is, God has never wanted anyone to be treated less than who they are. God is not with anyone disrespecting or anyone. God is no respecter of person. He allows the sun to shine on the just and the unjust. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. For whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. God created all of us in his image and in his likeness. And so then when I raise that question, am I treating people the way God wants people treated? It causes me to look within and do some soul searching 
and come to this place where I want to place a star over every person's head. Because this is the principle and praxis as to what God has intended and what God can intend. That every human being is worthy of respect. Every human being deserves to be treated well. Every human being deserves to be loved, deserves to be cared for, deserves to be respected, deserves to be highly esteemed, not because of what they have done or not done, but because God's image, God's print, his creative print is stamped on every soul. You know what I've discovered? I've discovered that most people would rather hear good news than bad news. And, and when you consider on a day-to-day -day basis, there are many television stations, channels, news channels, that, that make sure that you and I hear about all the stuff if you're not careful, it, 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 it'll depress you if you keep your channel, your TV on the news. It'll discourage you. I mean, you, you name or whatever your favorite is. If you keep it on there long enough, you, and, 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 and if they're giving you bad news, change it to another station, and sooner or later that same story is going to pop up or show up. And people, people are being bombarded with bad news. And I've discovered that most people are like me, and I'm like most people, so I'm going to shift what I talk about. I'm going to talk about the good stuff. I'm going to speak life. I'm going to highlight people's strength. I'm going to lift people up. I'm going to bring out the best in them. I'm going to share a better outcome. I'm going to talk about hope. I am going to talk about love. I, I, I am going to talk about their gifts. I'm going to talk about it ain't over till God says it's over. I'm going to shift the way I think so that it can add fuel to what I say. So every time I get ready to say something bad, I'll be reminded that just because you think about everything, you don't have to say everything that you think about. That there is a way to speak positively. And the more you you speak positively, the better your life will be and the better other people's lives will be. Paul, he reminds us of this and he tells us, he says to us, in, in, in Philippians, Paul, he gives us these words and he says, finally, sisters and brothers, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, yeah. 
Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And whatever you think about, it has a way of coming out of you. So why not think about what God thinks about? Some years ago, several men were sitting at a table in a seaside inn talking about fish stories. And one of the men gestures widely as he's talking about, you know, the fish that got away. And as he's gesturing widely, his arms hit the waiter who was carrying their drinks and their dark beverages hit the white wall. The wall is no longer white, it's brownish. The owner of the establishment looks at it in size and now we've got to paint the whole wall. There's a stranger who interjects, perhaps not. Let me work with it. And he goes into his art box and he, with pencils and pens, and he begins to sketch lines around the brown spots on the wall. And he takes a cloth of some kind and he begins to dabble it. And after a while, with some time, an image emerges on the wall. It's the picture of a buck with great antlers. He signs his name at the bottom of it, pays for his meal, and he leaves. The man's name was Sir Erwin Lashier. He's known as the world's most famous wildlife painter. If you're ever thinking about giving up on people because of their mistakes, God can take a mistake and transform it into a miracle. Aren't you glad that God kept on working with you? And God kept on working on you? And God continues to work through you? And so when it comes to how we are treating people, we ought to treat people the way God wants people treated. We ought to treat people the way God wants people treated. We ought to treat people the way God wants people treated. 
Amen. God loves us all. He sent his son that we would all have this opportunity to to be created anew, afresh. Anyone in Christ is a new creation. The old has passed. The new has come. If you're worshiping with us today, you're here, and you want this new experience, this transformation, there is nothing you have done that would disqualify you from coming. And there is nothing that you can do that will qualify you to be able to come. No, God has done it all in the son of his, in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. And so God loves you and he wants to demonstrate that love to you. By extending his hand to you, there's a door that continues to remain wide open. And it is open just to you and is open for you. If you haven't come, it's a door that is standing open for you to walk through. You can come to him today from wherever you are. No matter what, you can come to him. He loves you. So why don't you come to him today? Lord, I love, here I am just as I am. And God says, I already know, come on. If you've already come to him, but you've strayed away from him, his church, and you want to return Mount Olive is one church you can return to, but there are other churches that you can attend. But if this is where you would want to be, we extend to you. This is, this is not our house. It's our Father's house. And he would love to have another sister or brother come to his house. So we extend to you this opportunity to come. Welcome home, my brother. Welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home, my brother. God bless you. Come home. Come to God. God will receive you just as you are. wants you. He's telling you to come. He's preserved your life. He's kept you through so much. He wants to have a relationship with you and you with him. So come. Come to him. Acknowledge your need for him from wherever you are. God, I need you. God, I need you. And in his own way, he will confirm that you can come. He is there. In his, in his own way, he will confirm. If you need assistance with this, you can email us. 
information we'll put on the screen. You can call us. You can inbox us. We'd love to share the good news of Jesus Christ with you. We're here today because somebody shared Jesus with us a long time ago. Come on, church. Somebody didn't keep the good news to themselves. They told us about a man named Jesus. And he's been with us every step of the way. Even when we turned away from him, he's never left us. He's been right by our side. And so is what we do.